Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover. We are. We hope you are having a great week. We are having a good week. We're in Georgia, though, and it is hot. Very hot. Oh, it is Very so hot. Georgia, this time of year... It's so hot that you can, you'll be outside for a little bit and you're sweating and you go in, you take a shower, you walk back outside and you're like, oh, I need to go back in. June shower. was mild. June yeah. was, was really good. It was, it was almost like April, yeah, but, but man, July, July, the past couple of weeks, it's just taken, mm. it's taken off. It's hot. And Daniel is in the process of training for a triathlon and I do not yes. know how you are standing it. It's, it is hot. I stay out of it. I get really early in the morning yeah. and bike. Um, right now, I'm just running on the treadmill doing my runs there inside while I'm binge watching Friends. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, yeah. right now. That's what I'm binge watching while I run, and then um, and then yeah, swimming. That's cool. the lake's even hot. The water's hot. It's like swimming in a. I do it early, like six uh, six o'clock. It's yeah. six thirty in the morning, so that's I don't get out in it. I don't get out in it. Awful. Yeah. Mm. But that's okay, and uh, that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about today. You are working on a project, yes. your um, training, and um, a few weeks back, I think, into quarantine, everybody gets a little antsy, and you're like, um, I need something else to do. I need a goal, and you're like, I think I want to do another triathlon. And well, I'm- yeah, when we got into quarantine, yeah, everybody handled quarantine differently. I think everybody had to figure out a new temporary normal mm-hmm. something, and um and with my job, I'm in leadership in my position, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't really have tasks, like daily tasks. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it wasn't, um, I think for a lot of the people on our staff, um, they worked their tail off, and, yeah. uh, and, and they did such a great job. And so they took their, their weekly tasks, and they had to figure out, how do I do this online? How do I do this normal? Right. Or, you know, differently. For me, it was different, because i I, I didn't see anybody you except on office. Zoom. I wasn't yep. on the office. I wasn't, you know, even counseling that I do was now on Zoom, and I could still do that. But we didn't even get, it was weird. You'd think during COVID we would start getting all these counseling requests in. Mm-hmm. None. I got like, I, I think I had two counseling requests all of COVID. Well, they didn't for have time. Three months. There's no way they could have left their families. They were stuck. They're, they're going <laughs> to come in now. Yeah. Um, now that people are trying to process it, but anyway, so we got a couple of months into that and, um, and I, and I told you, I said, I've, I I need a goal. Mm -hmm. I need, I need something to do. And so, um, so I, I signed up for this triathlon and and I, and I know, I know you well enough to know that you do need goals. Yeah. That's who, that it makes you better. Mm -hmm. Um, it helps you be more focused in all areas when you have something that you're pushing hard towards and. I'm better at the office. I'm better yeah. here at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I haven't done, and this whole thing, so I think I've mentioned before, I've, I've run since I was 12. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fast runner. I'm terrible at all of it. I just get through it. But um, but uh, about 10 years ago or so, I had some friends that were like, hey, why don't you, you know, I just done a marathon. I was kind of, I need a little break from just long, long distance running. And I had some friends that say, hey, why don't you sign up for a triathlon? I'm like, eh, I've never, I'm a terrible swimmer and I don't, don't own a bike, so bought a bike, did a few of them, and uh, we got, um, Josie was, I think you were pregnant with Josie when I did my first one. Mm-hmm. And then no, we, she, she was she was born right before. 
I think, yes, you were pregnant when I did it. And then... Um, then you did one... The next year, I did an Olympic distance one. When she was about... One. Six months old. Maybe, yeah. Nine months old, something and like so, that, that spring. Yep. So, I did that one, and um, and I remember looking at you and saying, you know, I'm halfway to a half Ironman. I'm six months, you know, mm-hmm. and and why don't I just... And you looked at me and said, yeah, we need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget that talk. Mm-hmm. And you said, uh, you know, a couple of things. One, it it t- it takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and it, it really does, especially for the tries the, to go that far, that yes. much distance too. Yes, marathon was a lot of time. Tries is even more because you're working in three disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and like I say, I'm terrible at all of them, so I'm very slow. <laughs> so anyway, um, you said it it takes a ton of time, and we have a baby, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then, uh, and then you also said, and also when you're on the bike, cause we weren't riding, we were riding on the highway. Yeah. You said, I cannot, I can't breathe until you get off the bike and call me. Well, and, and to put a little context around that, there was recently in that, on that time frame, there was someone, um, in our community, yeah, in our community who had been biking and he was killed on the highway biking. Yeah. And he was a much better biker than me. And, yeah. So, you know, with the time and the safety thing, um, I said, yeah, you're right. And mm-hmm. so that really had pivoted my mm-hmm. thinking towards those big goal setting types of things. And so, um, so that, so since then mm-hmm. for the past 10 years, um, I've had to respond or, um, I've had to set them differently mm-hmm. and have a different mindset when I set them. And that's really what we want to talk about today because in most families, there's probably at least one, uh, type A personality. Now the type A personality is they are the goal setter. They're not the detail person. They're the person that, they're um, driven, they're driven. They're in, um, they want to, um, take risks. They're good under stress. They're called the director mm-hmm. and, uh, they're goal oriented and, uh, they, they, um, delegate all the details because they're not good at details. And that's me. I'm really a blend of a type A and a type B. A type B is the socializer, re- relationship oriented, outgoing, mm-hmm. enthusiastic, and really kind of a blend of those two. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so most families have somebody that is this type A director goal oriented person, and um, and so today we want to ask this question. Well, we're not going to get it's, into personality typing today. No, that's going to be a whole nother. Yes. We do want to do a podcast where we dive mm-hmm. deep into personality types and and how uh, that affects your relationship. But. Mm-hmm. So, but I've had to ask this question to myself, and this is a question I want to ask to all you A type personalities that are listening. Am I driven? Or am I selfish? And we're going to dive into that today. It's now time for seriously funny dad jokes. All right. I'm going to read some dad jokes. Y'all are going to laugh, okay? Yep. Here we go. What did the police officer say to his belly button? <laughs> belly button? What? You're under a vest. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it when a group of apes start a company? What? Monkey business. <laughs> an ape is a monkey. That's good. What kind of drink can be bitter and sweet? Hmm. Reality. 
<laughs> what do you? Uh, okay, no, give me I that don't one. get it at all. Want to know why nurses it. like red crayons? Because <laughs> sometimes they have to draw blood. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. All right, what would the Terminator be called in his retirement? What? The Exterminator. <laughs> Exterminator. What did Tennessee? The same thing as Arkansas. Huh? What? What did Tennessee? The same thing as Arkansas. <laughs> what did Tennessee? I don't. The know. same thing as Arca, Arkansas. Uh, okay. My wife asked me to go get six cans of Sprite from the grocery store. I realized when I got home, I had picked seven up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to get Colby laughing. Here's the last one. Why do bees have sticky hair? Why? Because they use a honeycomb. (laughs) Not even a smile. (laughs) Okay. So as we're talking about personalities, that's a perfect illustration. Yeah, because that's Colby's personality is just he's so detailed and he he does not get the dad jokes. He doesn't get puns. He's so literal. Yep. He doesn't think they're punny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was no, good, buddy. Yep. The the double entendre thing. Yeah, just, he doesn't he, get them. And maybe it's because he's eight and he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, or nine, actually, just or nine. And uh, he just maybe doesn't understand. Josie that, totally gets them. Totally she, gets it and she, always has. Mm-hmm, but it's so funny, just the difference in the personalities. And um, that, I mean, we're going to do another whole podcast on personalities. But today we're focusing on the type A personality that's driven and focused and how that person's goal setting can affect marriage relationships. So it's funny. uh, Maybe you're familiar with different personality types. You know, you've got the Enneagram, which is really the popular one right now, especially with millennials and younger people. And then you've got the DISC uh, personality profile, which is what we use primarily at the office. We also use the Enneagram as well. And then you've got Myers-Briggs, different Mm -hmm. things like that. The ABC, you know, what we've kind of been talking about here. Um, But I was looking up under the Enneagram. So I'm a type three, which is the achiever, which is the performer, the goal setter, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, they had a list of goal-setting ideas for each type of Enneagram personality, mm. which was really funny because yours matched up pretty well. You're a type 2, which is a helper. I'm a type 3. So here are the goal-setting ideas for my personality type for Enneagram. Okay. Train for a half marathon, but end up running a full. Check. <laughs> Do a social media detox. Well, that would be good. Yeah, that would be good. Save enough for a down payment. Yep. Check. Stay off work email for one weekend. Uh, I've tried. (laughs) Ask someone to be my mentor. Mm -hmm. Start my master's degree. Check. Get a hobby, any hobby. Check. 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 Write a book. Check. Check. All (laughs) like five of those. That's funny. I've either done or I'm in the process of that. Man. That, uh. That's sad that I'm that predictable. Yeah. I didn't know I was that predictable. Yeah. So, And mine would be like, help someone do all of their things. That's exactly <laughs> right. I do have goals, but how can I help you achieve yours? Yeah. Um, which is perfect for me. I do need help, mm. especially since I'm not detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. So we want to dive into this for a little bit. So um, I had to ask myself, especially after that conversation Bonnie and I had after the triathlon, I had to ask myself... Um, are these goals helpful or harmful for my marriage and family? Mm-hmm. Because what I didn't realize at that time, I wasn't self-aware. And that conversation, Bonnie, 
helped me become self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I think you did it in a, in the, in a right way. Okay. It didn't blow up into an argument. You waited until I finished <laughs> at my goal and I had achieved it. And like there's, there, you probably found the two minutes mm-hmm. between the time I finished it and the time I started thinking about the next one. Oh, no, no. You'd already started thinking about it. That's but true. until you started the next That's one. That's true. I hadn't started training. Well, I was halfway there. I had actually right. started training. That's right. But you did it in the right way. And I appreciate that. Um, and so. It's funny. I don't even really remember much about that conversation. Yeah, well, I do. That was a so, long time ago. It was a long time ago. So I had to be, begin to become self-aware because what I didn't realize, Bonnie, was the toll it put on you. Mm-hmm. And the toll it could potentially, now Josie was a baby then, so it didn't really affect her as much as it did you. Um, I remember that. I remember it was really hot. It was at, we went down to the beach where you were swimming you were swimming at the beach. Well, one of them was not. One of them was like in a state that park. That one was in the ocean. Yes, but one of them was at a state park, which was really, really hot. I was pregnant during that one, and it was mm-hmm. hot Nine trying to pregnant. follow you from those different stations. And then the one we took Josie to, she was like nine months old, and we were going to go on vacation afterwards. But it was, I remember just the logistics of it with a baby. It was tough. And I remember at that point going, okay, I, I'm glad he did this, but I I'm not ready for, I need a break. Yeah, yeah. So it made me ask that question and become self-aware. Is Are these things harmful or helpful for our marriage and family? So if this well, is you, which... Oh, I was going to say that before we had children, it wasn't as big of a deal because I did some of those with you. We did a couple of half marathons together yeah. and it was fun, but it changed a lot when all of a sudden I was home with the responsibility of mm-hmm. a child and not long after that too so it it really you know if you're married and it's just the two of you and there's some things like that you can do together mm-hmm. it's actually it was really healthy for our marriage we had a lot of fun doing some of those things it's a good hobby yeah. it was a good hobby we i mean we had a we logged a lot of miles together talking on the you're trail a quality time person um, so it yeah it was that. great and that was fun and i, I actually missed that because we can't really do that mm-hmm. anymore but I, I think it sunk in with me at that time Everything has changed now. I can't do these with you. And I'm at home with the baby while you're doing those things. And it, it just the dynamic changed. Right. So, yep. yeah. And there will be a day when our kids will be old enough that mm-hmm. they could do that with me or with us. Um, but it we does. We leave it, them it, at home and us do it together. <laughs> that's right. That That's what I like. Yeah. Um, it, it also going on at that time I knew of some people whose families were being torn apart because of their mm. goals. Mm-hmm. And so all of that kind of culminated at the same time. You know, yeah. uh, a guy that I knew in the church was, a, he was an ultra marathoner mm. and, um, and he spent so much time running and with his running group that he, his marriage fell apart mm. and he ended up yeah. having an affair with one of the ladies that was in the running group. Yeah. And so these things can be destructive but they can be incredibly healthy if they're done right. So the question we want to ask today is, is this helpful or harmful for your family? And um, So, so let, let's talk about how goal setting can be good. Because yes. there, I mean, I, you're a goal setter, very much a goal setter. And I feel like I used to be more of one, but I, I'm kind of laid back into go with the flow more the older I get. and But I recognize the value that you bring in that because – I, now that I'm not as much of a goal setter, I'm very content by nature, and mm-hmm. I could get so stuck in a rut that our whole family's stuck. 
So I appreciate there's some really good things that can come out of having a goal set in your family. And one, I'd, I'd say it's good because it moves our family forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably still be stuck, and I've said this before, in the same little apartment, two-bedroom apartment in our little college town because I was happy there. Then we moved to the next place. I was happy there. You help push us forward, mm-hmm. and I need that, and every marriage needs that. And there's a difference between being a goal setter and, and not being content. Yeah. And sometimes those things can can look very diff- similar, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just not content with where you are. Um, and I, that's a question I have to ask myself um, until I realize, well, okay, I've, I've got an 18-year-old car. Yeah. I've got, you know, I've lived in the same house for 17 years, same, same work in the same place for 17 years. So, I mean, there are areas of my life where I'm like, I'm very content in mm-hmm. those, you know. Yeah. And, um, but it, you do want to drive things forward. And I think that's, that's a great thing for yes, families. It is. Um, Another thing I think that it is good, and again, in balance, um, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast where we were talking about patience, mm-hmm. is is I work with goal setting with our kids. Yeah. And I don't want to be one of those, you know, where I'm, I'm just producing little, um, you know, trying to produce college athletes and, sure. and the, the uh, valedictorian. I don't want to be that dad that that's my whole children's childhood is going to be driven towards that no, goal but but I, I remember having this conversation a long time ago when we were talking about you training for something I think it's really good for our kids to see us as parents set goals work hard towards something and achieve it because and for me you've even said that before that it's you feel like it's good for them to see me do something like that because mm-hmm. my whole life right now as a stay-at-home mom revolves around them and they can they can sink into thinking Mom exists for their comfort. And for that, just to serve them. And there's a part of that that's true. When you're a mom, you you do sacrifice a lot for your children, but they need to see that I have something too Mm -hmm. and that I can push. And I think you challenge me in that. And they need to see that. They need to see it in you. They need to see it in me. And then when they see that we can do something hard and finish it, it allows them to have the courage to step out and do something hard. I think that's the big thing that I want our kids, why I take them through goal setting. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to do hard things, Mm -hmm. which is a great book, by the way, a little aside. It was, there was a book called Do Hard Things. I don't have the authors in my mind right now because I don't have it in front of me, but it's written by two teenage brothers. They're now in their twenties, but as teenagers, they wrote this book on uh, going against the flow of the modern teenage mentality. That yeah. I'm, I'm a teenager and do whatever I want. But that was my big, my big uh, thing is I want our kids to be able to do something that's not fun, yeah. that in the moment does not benefit, uh, me right now. benefit me right now or satisfy my longing for happiness right now so that I can get to a preferred future. Mm-hmm. I can see the future. I see the benefit of doing this hard thing right now so it can get me to that place. And that has a lot of benefit in adulthood. That has a lot of benefit in life. That has a lot of benefit down the road. And that's really what I want them to understand. So every summer with the kids, we do goal setting. And it's not, I'm not, uh, you know, a Nazi about it. But um, Well, you ask them, when school's getting out, we've got two to three months to 
do something. Typically two months, this year five months. (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) let's not even talk about that. But yes, you you say, okay, so what's your goal for the summer? It's really relaxed, but you're like, let's be thinking about something that you've got a goal that at the end of the summer, you'll be better at something. Yeah. If you have not wasted everything. Spend 15 minutes on it a day. Yeah. Man, if you can spend 15 minutes on it a little bit every day, you can you can pick up something to master something. So this summer, the kids are learning how to play acoustic guitar. Yeah. And um, it's kind of they're challenging each other a little bit, too, that they're yeah. both doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's a great thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm giving them a few lessons here and there, giving them some songs and trying to keep it relaxed. Mm-hmm. But I think by the end of the summer, they'll be able to play a few songs. Yep. And uh, they already are, you know, we're mm-hmm. right here at the end. Well, and a couple of summers ago when Colby, before we decided to let Colby play baseball. he This he, was about a year before he played. Yeah, he was what, six maybe? He was turned. That was the summer he turned seven in July. So, yes, he was six when we did this. And so you set out and said, what do you want to do? And he was wanting to play baseball so bad, but we weren't to the point we were ready to do that, commit to that as a family yet. He came out of the womb wanting to play baseball. He so did. Bad. He's his whole he, life. He has his whole life. I remember. I still have little videos of him being two <laughs> and smacking the little. Anyway, so um, you said, "What do you want to do?" And he had a goal. He already had. a He goal came up with it. I, I wasn't even no. meaning baseball. Mm-hmm. I just said, "Buddy, it's you know, what's your summer goal? What's something you'd like to do this summer?" And he said, "Dad, I think I want to hit a hundred balls off my tee into my net every day. Every day." 50 right-handed and 50 left. <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and and I know people see now and they're like, dad, he's hyper authoritarian. You know, he's yeah. pushing his kid to become a switch hitter. No, it was totally his idea. Yes. We had never even talked about it. No. And and I know a little bit about baseball. I played, in, you know, in junior high and, and all that. But I didn't, I, you know, I yeah. didn't know how to really help him. I said, man, that's great. I mean, you want to be a switch hitter? And he said, well, I mean, Chipper Jones and Ozzy Obbies and Mickey Mantle, I mean, they're all switch hitters. And I'm like, yeah. so, oh, you know okay. who Mickey Mantle is? Okay, great. <laughs> and and um, and so I was like, well, buddy, I think, I think you know, when you go left-handed, you put this hand on the bottom of the bat. I'm yeah. not sure. but And so he did. Five out of seven days that Absolutely. summer, he got out there and hit 100 balls into his net. Mm-hmm. And I didn't push him either. Not at all. He and just did it. He wanted he to. He developed and now... He's a great nine-year-old little switch hitter. Yeah. And, um, and man, what a time to learn when you're that young. But, right. But, but it was so good for him because he ne- he needed a goal, something to push him, and it was something he wanted to do and mm-hmm. he was driven to do, and now he's already got some benefits from that. Now, Josie, we tried to teach the guitar to a couple of years ago, <laughs> a year or so ago, and her personality, she just, you know, it just wasn't happening Mm-mm. until – this mm-hmm. summer when Colby wanted to learn. Yep. And she, I begged her to pick up the guitar for a year. Finally, I just gave up and said, well, in time it'll happen. The day Colby picked up the guitar to do his summer goal, mm-hmm. guess what Josie's summer goal was? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that was really good for her. It was good to push her so and challenge her. I think that's one way it's good is it keeps our kids pushing forward, helps them to understand how to do hard things. I think the, another thing that's good about it is that goal setters – need to set goals and I've found this out about you I'm not that goal setter like that but I have seen that it makes you a healthier person it's good for our relationship mm. when you have something that you can push towards mm-hmm. it, it's uh, with me I found that when I have goals 
And when I have a heavier load, mm-hmm. I do better. When, um, when there's not a lot to be done and there's no goals and life's just kind of schedule-less or, or, you know, nothing mm-hmm. really out there to accomplish, I just, I don't, I'm not in a good place emotionally, right. spiritually, mentally, and all that. And so it's kind of like a, a, a big truck engine, man. They, they do better when they got up, when they're pulling a load. And I'm found that about myself. I'm that way too. And, and I've, re- I've learned to recognize that. I'm a better husband. Yes. That I, you need those things to push towards, which is why I'm okay with it. Because mm-hmm. I see that it makes you better for, for me and for the mm-hmm. kids when you have that. And so it might. It doesn't stress me out. Mm-hmm. It actually makes me more rejuvenated and yes. happy and. Yes. So it's good. So, I I mean, I want to support those things. I mean, within reason, Mm -hmm. which leads us to ask that next question, how can goal setting be bad for your family and for your relationship? Well, I think that you sit on the other side of me. So (laughs) I think you would be a perfect person to answer how has my goal setting been a negative thing for our family? Um. Well, I think the times don't, when... Don't sugarcoat it just because we're on a podcast. You, you hit hard. Go. Okay. Just do it. So it can be bad. It can be difficult for a family when it's all-consuming for you and it's robbing our family of your focus and you investing here. That's really mean. I wish you <laughs> No, seriously. Um, there are times... I mean, I remember those times when you you get can get so involved in it that I'm like, oh my gosh. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, and the kids are driving me crazy. And I've been home with them all week, and you're doing what? Well, good for you. <laughs> you're out running, biking. <laughs> well, have fun with that. Because I know? can't do that. That's right. I can't do that. Well, and we did reach a place with that. I mean, I used to love to do to run. It was fun. And, and I would stay home with the kids 100% if you want to do that. The problem is, is we live in a day when it's not right. safe. Right. We don't live in a neighborhood where you could just run in our neighborhood. It's Mm-mm. not safe. In the, I mean... Mm-hmm. It, we just don't have streets and sidewalks. That's why it's not safe. And it's very curvy yeah. and hilly. And but, let's just be real. I've, my joints have gotten <laughs> old. <laughs> well, and we do have a great running trail down, you know, a few mm-hmm. miles from our house called the Silver Comet. And it used to be an old train track. And now it's nothing but running and walking and biking. However, there's been some, you know. Yeah, things happen. Ha- things happen out there. And I just, we don't feel comfortable you going out there by yourself. Yeah, well, you definitely don't feel comfortable, which is why I trained that last, the last half marathon I did that put an end to my racing was, you said no more to that. So I trained on a treadmill for a half marathon. It was pure misery. And that would be miserable. I'm sorry. That was the end of it for me. That took all the fun out of it. But anyway, so when, when you get so focused that that's, stealing time from our family that yeah that and I'm I'm more protective of the kids time with you than I am sometimes ours because we're going to fit that in when they go to bed but I start feeling the tension and I think I started feeling that a little bit towards the end of the master's degree because it was a long that was a long endeavor two and a half years and towards the end of that when you were having to write some papers finishing them up a little you were so good about trying to guard that for us but towards the end, I'm going, okay, I'm just trying to protect the kids' time with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it can be bad is if you feel like, if the, if your spouse feels like they're being cheated mm-hmm. out of time and out of your energy. And you don't have emotional energy for us or you don't have the physical energy to mm-hmm. invest in us. Um, that's when it can be. Um, you said that word cheating. It, I bet it can feel a lot like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I you're, mean, you're cheating on me with something else you adore. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially if you're on the other side of it and you don't have your own outlet, you feel a little bit left behind, a little bit, okay, great, you've got your thing, but I've got nothing. Mm. Um, and that's hard. That's a hard thing, which you got to be careful if you're on the other side of it to not let yourself get resentful. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, another thing that can be difficult um, that comes across as, you know, for a goal setter just being selfish is when you're pushing so far ahead, but you're leaving your family out, leaving them behind. Mm. And I've heard that that example many times of the military leader who marched so far ahead of his troops that he got so far out ahead of them that he looked like the enemy and they shot him. Yeah. I mean, it's like they didn't recognize they didn't even recognize him. You're so far off doing your own thing. Here we are. All right. I've had enough of that. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I don't even know who you are. I, I, I can't relate to that world. And I think people get caught up in these I mean, we we see this a lot. People get caught up in the gym or things like that where they go off and that's their thing and their spouse isn't part of it. A lot of things happen. Yeah, it, what it does is when you do those things. Now, the things that I do, I typically do by myself. Mm -hmm. um, it's alone therapy for me, yeah. and I need some of that. Um, and so I don't, I don't have – I have had workout partners with a couple of races, but for the most part – um, Men, I really, guys. Yeah, guys. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't do them in workout groups or where I'm hanging out with, you know, people of opposite sex or anything like that. But that is what it does is if you are in a group of people that's mixed, you, um, and you, it sets up a scenario to where, okay, I'm not spending time with my family. I'm diving full on into this. Hey, here's this other person that's They're into really it too. nice. They're as passionate about it as I am, mm -hmm. and then you, it, man, and the devil just kicks open that crack yeah. door, and you got to be really careful. I've seen that happen mm -hmm. numerous times. Number numerous times. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you the most the most counseling for affairs we get in our offices is um, uh, from either family friends that are two families that get too close, yeah. or second from gyms. Wow. People meeting at gyms and hanging out, working out, talking, mm. and because uh, typically one spouse might be more um, more into that than the other. The other one's at home with responsibilities or doing other things, and, and that just opens up a, a yeah. you know a, an ugly scenario that that the enemy takes advantage of. Mm -hmm. So, any other things how it's negative for the family? I think the other thing that I had is like when you're not considering how it affects your family. When you're not self-aware. Self I mean, that, if you're going to have those goals and be driven, you've got to have this conversation with your spouse who's helping you get, reach those goals. Mm -hmm. You've got, I know when you started your master's, we sat down and had a long conversation about how, because you knew it was going to affect me too. It was mm -hmm. for the good of our family. And we came together and decided, you know, this will greatly benefit our whole family if you do this. But it's going to, here's what your goal is going to be. You're going to be working towards this here. And I'm going to be taking on these responsibilities to allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. And we just stayed connected through that whole process, talking about it. And, you know, if there were times I'm like, okay, I, I need a little break from this. And you would say, okay, let's figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you had to own your self-awareness. Yeah. That's yeah. something I, that the other spouse can't do for the driven person. Mm -hmm. And it's it can really harm the relationship. Um, if you're not being self-aware, um, I love this, this verse in Philippians 2, um, 3 through 4. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's saying you can't have other interests, but I do think don't do it out of selfish ambition and and just vain conceit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you've got to look out for somebody else's interest too in the process. And selfish ambition and vain conceit is very easy to step into when you're an achiever, when you're in a goal mm-hmm. setter, when you're a type A. Because an achiever, if you're in Enneagram at all, um, and we're, we're lightly into it. We're not like bought membership in it or anything no. like that. Um, but we, um, when you're an achiever, when you're um, a performer, when you're an unhealthy, when you're in an unhealthy place, mm-hmm. then that's one of the things. You perform because it makes you look good. Mm-hmm. Because it's, um, it's vain conceit, conceit is what yeah. it is. Um, now, when you're healthy, you're doing it to advance the mission, advance the company, your family, or, you know, uh, advance the gospel, different things like that, bring glory to the Lord and not glory to yourself. So if you're listening and you are that type A, you are that goal setter, you are that achiever, you are that person, here's, here's the thing that I constantly have to ask myself. One, you constantly have to be self-aware. When you're setting these goals, you have to be aware of what it's doing to the people around you. Mm. And, uh, and specifically, what we're going to be talking about is how that affects your marriage, how that affects your family, your children, different things like that. And maybe you're at different stages of life and you don't have little kids at home or teenagers at home. But I tell you what I had to, what I had to do, and this came after that conversation. It was right when we had children. It made me say, oh, yeah. There's more people now than just me and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the safety aspect, yep. I just had to say, okay, there's just some things that during the season of my life, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not wise yeah. and I don't need to do. And that's not responsible as a dad. And so I don't need to be riding my bike on a busy highway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to be swimming across the lake alone without a, some sort of safety device mm-hmm. or a person there. Um, those are just things that I had to reconcile that it, during this season of my life, stuff happens yeah. and stuff happened right then. When you said that a friend of ours, you know, yeah. uh, an acquaintance of ours had, had died from that. And, um, and it made me very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that went through my mind. Another thing was that I need to be conscious of the time it takes from you mm-hmm. and, um, and, and from our family and so my goals since then uh, was, okay, if I'm going to set a personal goal, not a goal for our family, not a goal for work, but if I'm going to set a personal goal like school or like something physical, then I need to put it during the hours of the day that it doesn't steal or affect from you guys. And so my goal when I went back to school was I'm, I, want, I don't want my family to feel the effects of this. So I tried my best to, you know, I got up at, at 5 and mm-hmm. I'd work out, and then I'd go into the office by you know 6.30 or 7 and do my homework, do schoolwork until 9, mm-hmm. until everybody started coming in. And I got two hours every morning. And I think occasionally on a Saturday morning I'd have to finish up a paper or, or something Or sometimes like that. just on a Friday when they're at school and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, it was our time. But you really were good at that, and, I ha- and I'm – I was so proud of you for finishing your master's, but not just for finishing it, but the way you did it when we had little children and you were able to 
segment that off so that they they really didn't feel it. And I also asked you how you wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. And do you want me to cram and do a bunch of classes and right. get yeah. it in done shorter amount of time? And you said, no, I'd much rather you just take, you yeah. know, one class at the time over, you know, two and a half yeah. years. And that's why it took me two and a half years because I just did one eight-week class at the time, yeah. so two in a semester and uh, and that was that allowed us, mm-hmm. you know. So that helped a lot, and then um, and then I remember when I got finished with with that, you said uh, I, I already had another goal, and and you said you always have these goals. I don't have anything, and I said, well, Bonnie, what? <laughs> I mean, if you have a goal, man, we'll fan that flame. You let me know, and you said I wanted to redo my kitchen. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, think about it, whatever you want, and we get, okay, here's my, here's my Pinterest board. You already had it all mm-hmm. lined out, and I was like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. And Well, and that, that goes to that last part of that is that what if you're the spouse that's not as driven, and maybe, maybe you're feeling like, you know, is, is that his, his or her goals are starting to feel a little bit selfish, or you're starting to get a little bit, um, resentful and I think I remember I remember having that feeling of wait a minute okay we've done this two and a half years no 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 time out mm-hmm. um let, let me I mean I don't want to be selfish I remember casually saying oh, I wonder how long it would take for me to get my doctorate yeah I'm like no and I saw the look on your face uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like maybe later on but let's not talk about that right now but that that is the thing is that you're you are driven and if you're married to a spouse who's driven you know that they do have goal after goal after goal, and you can start to feel resentful of that. I did. I was starting to feel resentful of that, and um, I started to think, okay, you always have something, and our family's revolving around you. Let's pause for a second, and Mm -hmm. let me, you know, but we had the conversation, and Mm -hmm. that's where I would say if you are on the other side of that and you're feeling that way, if you're fine with it, great, and you just, I mean, there's so many times I feel just completely on board and supportive, but there are other times I start to feel a little resentful, and that's my cue. That's my internal cue that I need to have a conversation because um, that can easily turn – the resentment can start turning to bitterness, and then it drives a wedge in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And and all of that can be avoided if you just take a step back and say, okay, we need to have – choose your words carefully, and let's just say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this is starting to affect me. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling – these things I'm Mm -hmm. feeling a little left out or I'm feeling like you don't have time for us or I'm feeling resentful that you have something and I don't or whatever it is that you're that that pit in your stomach that you're like oh something else really Mm -hmm. you need to have the conversation Mm -hmm. and that's not always easy to to have because a lot of times the the goal setters are also pretty assertive Mm -hmm. and And can they can steamroll you yeah and you feel like okay well I'm just a terrible person if I'm keeping them from doing this thing but you have to keep your own emotional and mental health in mind right. through that process. And if you're feeling like, great, you're healthy, you're loving life, doing these things, and I'm, I'm just drowning over here, you need to have the conversation. And if that's hard, have them listen to this podcast and then talk <laughs> about good. it later. I mean, Yeah, let a third party like us speak into that. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I wanted to say to the goal setters out there is, one – thing that helped me was I put it, it, I tried to put it in areas and times that wouldn't affect my family and steal time from my family. Another thing that I think helped was it's the way you go about achieving the goal. Mm -hmm. If you go, um, 
full bore and you're trying to win, mm-hmm. it, 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 you're going to train differently than if you just want to accomplish it. And I want to say it's kind of like with the school, right? If I'm trying to get that done in a year and a half, mm-hmm. then that's going to be way more intense for you guys than yeah. if I just span it out over, you know, two and a half years. And the same thing like with, uh, you know, the the, the tries and the, and the races and different things I'll do is – Listen, I'm. I have no goal of winning the thing. Really, my goal is to finish and just do it. And mm-hmm. um, which affects I can do a sh- uh, an easier training plan, mm-hmm. which I'm not having to train as hardcore as many days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm not pushing for time goals, different things like that. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to finish it, and that has a lot to do with how much it steals from you guys. Yeah. And another thing we have to be careful of, guys, is with every goal you or set. Or girls. <laughs> or girls, excuse me. I, I mean that generally. Yeah. Is with every goal you set, it usually costs money. Yeah. And that's something that um, I'm hyper aware about because I'm also cheap. <laughs> and um, and so you got to take that into account too. How much money is our goals taking out of our family mm-hmm. budget? And if a disproportionate amount of money is going towards you and your extracurricular or your goal setting, and it's not, you know, the master's degree is a little different because that's going to help us down the road. But, you know, But when our kids are two goals, and you're wanting to um, renovate a motorhome at the time. Yeah, exactly not, right. Like, that it was wouldn't benefit one. them right then. No, and you took a step back from that. That was something you thought, hey, I just need something to tinker with, something to do. And... And I'm like, okay, you're going to spend all your time in the driveway, and I've got... They're too young to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And so you took a step back from that until they got a little bit older, and then we did it together. Yeah, that was a little harder conversation, but we won't get into that. Yeah. So, um, but there are all kinds of goals. All that to say, there's a lot of different goals that people... There might be financial goals that you really want to set and you're passionate about, but your spouse has got to get on board with that because you've got to be on the same page with that because that greatly affects your family when it's a financial it goal or things like that. If it's going to affect your finances or your time, you mm-hmm. need to. this needs to be something that you're both on board with. And there's an old saying, and we'll wrap up with this, is that you can tell what's important to a man by looking at two things, by looking at his calendar and his checkbook. And so what we spend our time on and what we spend our money on is where our passions lie typically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a good dashboard light for, for me. is uh is to look at that so what are some action steps we can put to this well i think if you're the goal setter be self-aware ask why am i doing this and how will it affect my family yeah um and if you're the other spouse consider how this makes your spouse better and and how you can support them in it or if you're feeling resentful it's time to have a conversation you're gonna have to find win-win solutions they still need to do goals but you've got to have that conversation and find a way that that works best all of that goal setting can ride the line of having a healthy drive or or being selfish mm-hmm. and you as a couple have got to monitor you got to monitor that and you've got to work together to keep your relationship and your family healthy through that yeah. process well our long form podcast has gone too long this week so i hope you have a great week and and uh man reach out to us on social if you have any questions or if you have any topics for us that you want a podcast uh episode uh to to be about, then email us at info at themarriageadventure.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for this week. Have a great one. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.